everybody. Thanks for joining the Shift Health Coach podcast. Today, we are talking about productivity and ADHD. We also have with us special guest, Jackie Stevens. She is a Lynn Janae plan nutritionist. She has been on the podcast several times. And today, we're diving into productivity hacks and ADHD. So let's talk about some cool productivity hacks. I know we both had like the, you originally brought it up, I think on our ADHD episode about shoes and productivity. And I, you know, I never really noticed it. However, after you brought it up, I was like, well, wait a second, hold on. Does this work? And holy shit, it works. (laughs) And the crazy thing was, is that when I went and did research on it, you know, there's no studies on it, but there is a lot of psychologists that back this point up and it was totally wild and it really comes down to the simple point is that when you're barefoot or slippers you're in like this relaxed hippie style anything goes type of state and when you have shoes on or the same thing happens with like form-fitting pants like jeans versus yoga pants that you're more in the mindset of productivity and it could work for everybody but it really kind of makes a bigger impact for those with ADHD. So, you know, talk a little bit about your experience and even how you came up with this. I mean, I had noticed it myself, like just doing it, you know, um, when I, gosh, I, since I started working from home really as a nutritionist in, um, what, 2015, 2016, and, uh, I'm extroverted, more extroverted. And I, that's when I started to really notice what what I later found out was ADHD tendencies. <laughs> but like, I no longer had a community office where I'm like body doubling and doing all those things to keep me productively focused and working on stuff. I now have to like keep myself, <laughs> keep myself focused. And that's that was really like a big shift. And so I started like playing around with well, what if I do this? Well, what if I do this? And like, you know, started doing like tomato timers and different things like that. And um, I just found that if I got up and did some sort of routine in the morning, as if I was going to go to an office, um, which included putting shoes on <laughs> and changing out of my pajamas, sometimes just into leggings, but you know, out mm-hmm. of pajamas into something else. And that was, I would have a better day, feel more focused. I would feel more accomplished, usually feel less over, <laughs> less overwhelmed. You know, this last year when I figured out, oh, I have my late ADHD diagnosis, because <laughs> finding out that shoes are a total hack for ADHD people who have a huge issue with task initiation. Like that's a very common and very um, energy depleting or overwhelming thing in our executive dysfunction. Staying on task too is also an issue. It's interesting when we start to, you know, look at these different things. And it, it was funny because when you mentioned the whole shoe thing, I was like, really? Shoes do it? Because I'm the kind of person I hate shoes, absolutely hate shoes. So I never wear shoes unless I'm going outside. And even that it's questionable depending on where I'm going. <laughs> like if I'm just going outside to get the mail, still barefoot. If I'm going to the grocery store, I do put on shoes. <laughs> but you know, it's just, it's interesting because in the house, I just never wear shoes. And I, you know, there's been those days, especially when you're, you know, working from home and you're alone in your four corners of, you know, your office. And it's kind of hard to 
motivate yourself. I have found that, you know, getting dressed, putting on shoes, putting on pants, maybe even doing my hair or makeup, which is something I very seldomly do too. All of that can be helpful in getting you into the right mindset. And it's funny that it was something as simple as shoes that really can kind of trigger that as, hey, you know, something needs to be done. We're not just, you know, willy nillying it through the day. And so I found that really interesting. But let's talk about some other fun productivity hacks that we have. Um, do you have any off the top of your head? Um, I love timers. Timers are chef's kiss amazing super simple um and you can use them for anything so like if you want to like make it a game for yourself like trick sometimes i need to trick myself into doing stuff you know you can put on a song or use a timer and try to get a task done before that goes off i'm gonna speed clean this room and see if i can do it before the song ends or the timer ends whatever Um, or you can do like study timers, whatever you're focusing on for 25 minutes. And when that 25 minute timer goes off, then you take a break and you come back and you do another 25 minutes. Um, there's actually a couple of, of studies that show that that's a very effective way to study for a long time. Yeah. That time chunking I've heard that's been really helpful in giving yourself. And it's funny because we do stuff like that with other things, like even fitness trainers will do that chunking. Okay. We're doing three reps. We're going to do three rounds or 20 reps and three rounds, but it's kind of that chunking methodology to kind of get things done where you're not like, oh, wait, how many did I do? How long was I here for? You know, it pulls some organization. Right. Where I think like I personally and probably more ADHD folks will have issues with the chunking is like coming back from the break, you know? And so you have to be able to like figure out what your pivot triggers are. And sometimes they're different for for your mood or how the day is going, right? (laughs) Sometimes it doesn't matter if I put shoes on. I just don't feel like doing anything. Well, and that's true. And then I think there's stuff like, you know, things that motivate you like music. Like for me, if I have to do something and I am really dreading it, procrastinating it, not wanting to do it, I know like I have my playlist and when certain songs come on, I know that like, okay, it's go time. And, you know, it's funny because it's not even like, I feel like I have to force myself. It's just your body automatically is like, oh, okay, here's where we are. And this is what we're going to do. And that's always kind of interesting. And I know so many people I talk to, there's always like that one song that motivates them. You know, it's just, it's interesting that, you know, music could be something useful as well. Right. I mean, I love um, like the, the white noise, brown noise, pink noise spectrum. That's a really good one. That can be really helpful for sleep. It can be really helpful for focus or meditation. If you, you know, the dirty M word, if you will. And there's, I was really impressed to find that, you know, what, what we've always heard as white noise there's like a whole spectrum Mm -hmm. and it's based off of the frequencies and stuff and so you'll have to play around with what you find most effective for you for what you're trying to use it for is it most effective for relaxation is it most effective for sleeping is it most effective for focusing um and then binaural beats like those are that's amazing when i'm feeling super overstimulated and anxiety is on overdrive i love to put my (laughs) headphones on and to use a binaural beat and it it feels like someone is taking floss through my through my ears you know and just like cleaning my brain it's so weird it's such an odd sensation i feel like because you i like the fact that you you were really talking about binaural beats for anyone that's not 
um, familiar, binaural beats is basically a frequency that helps at different times. So there's binaural beats for sleep. There's yeah. binaural beats to improve focusing. And it all depends on the frequency and what it's given. But there's been a lot of information about binaural beats when it comes to sleep. And um, it's been found really helpful to actually encourage relaxation. I've been recommending it to some of the shift workers that, you know, they come off a shift and maybe they have a very high demand job and for them to come home and go to sleep becomes a little difficult. So binaural beats was a way to kind of encourage that relaxation that might for somebody working a nine to five job, you might have, you know, four, five, six hours after your job is over and before you go to bed where you can have that relaxation. But for someone that's a third shift worker and sleep, getting to sleep is like you get home and, you know, you might get the kids on the school bus and then you need to go to sleep. It, it becomes very rushed and, you know, anxious because, you know, if you aren't asleep by a certain time, you're going to wake up because your kids are home from school and you're not going to get enough sleep. So, you know, binaural beats was a really good way of being able to enhance that relaxation. The other thing I really like is dealing with chronotypes when it comes to to sleep and understanding where you fit in and acknowledging where in the day you're most yeah. productive. I'm a lion. I get up. I could wake up at five o'clock in the morning and be ready to go. You know, when I was writing the cookbook, I actually woke up at 3 a.m. and would write the cookbook from 3 a.m. to 6.30 because that was the only time in the day where I could really take those three and a half hours and focus. I would get more done in three and a half hours than I would nine hours any other time of the day. So I think it's understanding where you're super focused on and where you're most productive. And again, we see that a lot again with shift workers. You know, we see a lot of shift workers that are on a third shift because they have to be because of their family st lifestyle and, you know, maybe childcare is an issue. So they take a third shift where their spouse or partner is on, you know, a typical day right. shift so that they can have child coverage. But the problem becomes is a lot of times that person on the night shift, they're not a night person. So it's becoming very difficult to them. Their health starts slipping everything else becomes more difficult. But then you see somebody that is, you know, a true night owl, right? And suddenly they thrive in the nighttime. I know I've worked with a couple of diesel workers and they work the third shift and they absolutely love it. They wouldn't have it any other way. They suffer from other yeah. issues, but they enjoy the night work because they're, you know, they're the kind of people that like to be alone. Like, leave me alone. Let me do my job. They just want it quiet. They want want they, what they want, how they want it. And for them, they're more productive in the middle of the night. You know, if they weren't working a third shift, they would be up till two or three in the morning just naturally. So why not use that time and be productive? So I think understanding that chronotype can be really powerful. Right. And then just, I mean, of course, with all of this, you know, giving yourself grace when it's not working. All of the things that we know that work for us are just not going to work for us every day. And and that's okay, too. Like, it's okay to not be productive <laughs> sometimes, you know, um, and have the expectation of that we, we need to rest. Sometimes we're not listening to our bodies. I certainly don't listen to my, my body sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> when I need to rest. Um, and, and that'll catch up to you. 
you know, if, if you're choosing to not rest and choosing to ignore that over and over. Well, and I think that's a really good point that a lot of times we just keep pushing ourselves and pushing ourselves that we're not listening until, you know, the flu right. or something takes us down for a week or two. And it's like, okay, I guess it was my time to rest and I wasn't listening. But yeah, I think acknowledging that, hey, sometimes we have to, we can't be running 100%, 100% right. of the time. It cannot happen. There is going to be a major issue. And um, so that's, that's a good, that's a really good productivity hack is knowing when it's time to take that break. And let's talk a little yeah. bit about that for a minute. So when for yourself or anybody you work with, when you know, somebody's ready to take a break, what are some of the signs that your body kind of gives off for you? I start to see people and specifically me like there's tasks that I just really am dreading and I start procrastinating like more than normal you know there's certain things that I just don't want to do in general um and those are like things I would procrastinate anyways sometimes there's there's things that like are normal tasks that I'm like I just don't want to do that you know and it's that feeling of I just don't want to do that. Well, why am I feeling that way? Why am I putting that off? Is this particularly stressful? Does it hold, you know, some sort of emotional connection that I'm not processing? Or is it, or am I just tired? <laughs> like, do I just need, and not necessarily tired, like I need to take a nap, but tired, fatigued. And that could be mental fatigue. You know, that could be emotional fatigue. It could be a whole lot of things. Traditionally speaking, I start to see people get sloppy. So like if we set up a menu um, and we're both really clear on what's happening um, for their goals and, and what they want to do, and then they deviate from that, deviate from the plan for whatever reason. And sometimes life happens and that's important to think, you know, because life doesn't stop. But like it's a consistent behavior, choice. It's one thing to ha have life happen as a one-off and it just didn't work this day. But if it's a continuous pattern, you know, that's something where, where I'm, where I'm going to have a deeper conversation with a client, you know, are you sure that this is really a good time for you to be approaching these kind of nutritional choices? Or should we change how we're talking about your food? Or should we change, you know, our expectations? Because um, there's definitely times that that where you're like, if you're trying to functionally test things, and you need to be really strict for a short term period, which is a lot of times that's where I, I start with people that can be stressful in its own. So if you're going through a period of stress, maybe it's not the wisest point <laughs> and you're strict there. Yeah. And I think you made a really good point there about those behavioral changes. Are you seeing naturally yeah. your behavioral changes changing? Like those things you procrastinate on now you're procrastinating even more you're for me I know it's I know I start getting exhausted when I get snappy like somebody will ask me a question and I just rip them apart <laughs> or like my my kids will say something and my husband's like he's in the corner like oh did you have to say it like that and it's like it's like okay I might be kind of yeah. done with things right now and then I think a lot of it for me too is you know the food like you talk about am I eating stuff that I normally wouldn't eat I know the one day I was so stressed out I ended up eating something I forget what it was but I didn't even like it it's not even a food I had enjoyed and I'm like what am I doing? And I realized it's just because my body is just so exhausted. It's reaching for anything super yeah. sugary because it just needs that energy. And it's not even something I would normally eat. 
So I know when I start making those choices that that's kind of my body just going a little haywire and it's like, okay, it's time to bring it back down. And I think what you said too is acknowledging like, listen, if you are burning the candle at both ends for a while and then you think you're going to get on a diet and bump it up a level, it's probably not the best time. You know, give yourself a week or two of just bringing it back down and seeing where you are and then being able to address it from them because you're just going to constantly be fighting with your body and it's just not going to work. Like it's not that you can't make those changes um, and it's not that you can't um, it's not important to say hit nutritional goals when you're you're in a t- stressful state, uh, uh, a stressful environment, excuse me, emotionally or externally speaking, because that would support, you know, your, your cortisol and your stress and your how your body's processing those things. But if if making those choices is more stressful for you, if creating those menus, if if being strict about it, um, if you know, however you need to focus on that is adding to the stress. Um, And that's where we start to see people get sloppy or start to deviate from a set plan or program or, or menu that they come up with or that they that we come up with together either way. That's where you start to see, you know, the cheats, if you will, which that's a dirty word to me as a nutritionist. I don't, (laughs) I don't want to hear you talking about cheating. Okay. Um, we're going to create space for you to cheat. Okay. (laughs) Because cheating is non-existent. We make up our own rules. Okay. We come up with them together. um, So there's no cheating necessary, you know? Um, But anyways, that's, that's a whole different other topic for another day. (laughs) So let's talk about brain dumping as another productivity hack. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, especially with ADHD people, but, um, or anxious people, um, we always have our thoughts, you know, going nonstop, right? Um, and so just writing them down. No, there doesn't have to be any rhyme or reason to dumping it. You're literally just putting it on paper so that it comes out of your head. Um, and then you can, you know, translate into that into do- a doable list. Look at that and go, okay, you know, I really don't have to take care of this entire book <laughs> today. Um, and I don't have to focus on any of this. So I can put some of these on my calendar if that makes me feel better. Um, I can take a post-it note and put like maybe five or 10 things, or if it doesn't fit on the post-it note, it's not getting done today. It's kind of the general rule, right? Cause then you're getting yourself a, a reasonable list <laughs> of what's appropriate to be accomplished. So that's actually a really good idea. I like that idea because there's so many times you, you get in that flow state and it's just like, everything is coming to you yeah. all at once. And you know, as ADHDers, we know the biggest lie we tell ourselves is that we'll remember later because you will not remember later. (laughs) Absolutely not. No. Oh, you know, being able to, I'm like queen of sticky notes. Like if you look at my wall right here, it's literally like 35 sticky notes. That's a thousand percent. Uh huh. And it's just, it's a great way to remember the things that you need to remember. I do it a lot of times with like podcast episodes. Like I'm like, oh, that's a great idea for a podcast episode. And then it goes on the sticky note wall. That way when I'm short on like ideas, it's like, oh, let's look at the sticky note (laughs) wall. And, you know, usually by some of them I've done them or they're no longer relevant. But every now and then there's that one in the gold mine that it's like, yes, that's what I'm looking for. (laughs) What's hilarious to me. And I don't know if this is true for like non-ADHD people or if this is just or if it's even a thing for ADHD for sure. 
But like, like when I read something or um, learn about it, like I can read it and I remember the overall context. Sometimes I remember little nuggets in it, right? Like, and it, that sticks in my brain and it's forever in my brain. Okay. I can't always pull it when exactly verbatim when I want it, but it's always in my brain. But like a task? Heck no. If I'm like, oh crap, I need to remember to do this. If I don't write it down or text myself or text somebody, like I might, um, and I'll be like, note for me. <laughs> like, or, or I'll email myself. Yes. When I open it the next day at work, I'm like, oh yeah, I have to do that. Let me put that on the calendar or let me, let me go ahead and do that now. Because otherwise I just, it's once I've said it or like thought of it, it's gone. It's, it's gone. That is so funny. I do the same thing all the time to my husband. My husband will be like, why'd you text this for me today? I'm like, it's not for yeah, you. It's for yeah. me. Well, they, <laughs> like, and they're like, if I don't write note for me, they're like, what? <laughs> exactly. My daughter does the same thing. Like she lives off of like, we, we've told her so many times that, you know, you have to live off a calendar. It's like, you will, you will always lie to yourself when you say you will remember because ADHD, they have now and not now there is no in between. Correct. So it's funny. And I think that's when after she was diagnosed and, you know, in my way of realizing that the ADHD that she has is coming from me (laughs) and my side of the family. It's, it's just interesting. And it's funny. I've met so many people that have been diagnosed because their kids were diagnosed. And, you know, I mean, she is a lot more than I am. I think on the, you know, the spectrum ADHD, I'm probably pretty low. Um, But there are definitely, I definitely see where it's just, it's like, yeah, well, I know where that's coming from. Um, there's, there's also things to think about too. Like we were talking about, um, you know, acknowledging when we need to rest, but like ADHD people have hyperfixations, right? And there, with that, it comes hyper productivity. There's also points where we are like per- paralyzed. Yeah. Under the blankets, like not moving. We cannot do anything today. <laughs> this is not happening. And those days are okay, too, because the hyper productive days balance them out, you know, and this will be interesting and like a total other topic. But like for women with ADHD, like there's actually going to be a component of like where you're at in your cycle um, Mm -hmm. and your energy levels that will affect all of these things. And like just like it would affect what you want to eat and what kind of movements you want to incorporate um, and like following that, tracking it for yourself to figure out like, you know, what makes the most sense for you and how to, uh, I don't know, hack your life, I guess. <laughs> like, Yeah, no, these are great tips. I, I love them. And just following any of these little hacks can be helpful when it comes to, you know, productivity, whether it's putting on shoes, a pair of pants, doing your hair and makeup, you know, using clocks and timers to get yourself organized, chunking your time, or just even acknowledging, you know, the type of person you are and where you're most productive, and then setting up the environment to be productive, like we're talking about with the binaural beats or, you know, putting on music, something that allows you to easily fall into that realm of productivity without having to beat your head because you're not being productive. So I think these are some great tips and I want to thank you for joining us. Oh, absolutely. It's always a pleasure. And if you want to learn more about Jackie, how you can work with her, or even a little bit more about the Linjanae metabolism plan, visit linjanae.com or you can email them at info at 
All the links are in the show notes. I hope you guys have a great day, and I'll talk to you all next week.